0: bet you didn't know that you're a trailblazer, a workforce pioneer. Well, if you're a remote worker, that's exactly what you are. Because in the past year, so many of us have been relegated to working away from the office and setting up shop at home, in your car, in a coffee shop, and other places that you never thought were meant to be workplaces at all. But I'll tell you something, future generations will thank you. I'm Dan Nessel, podcaster, communicator, marketer, and longtime remote worker.
1: And I'm Andrew Silberman, president and chief enthusiast of Advanced Management Training Group and author of Get a Grip on Remote Work.
0: And we welcome you to season one of the Remote Work Companion podcast, 10 episodes based on Andrew's book, where our mission is to make remote work work better for you. Welcome to the Remote Work Companion. I'm Dan Nessel.
1: And I'm Andrew Silberman.
0: And we're here to help you have a more rewarding remote work experience. And um, today, Andrew, I think I think we're here to talk about the next chapter in the book, which is basically about, are you essential?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. The title is Essential Reading and a Forgotten Skill, which is chapter five of Get a Grip on Remote Work. And really what we are talking about is what is essential work,
0: right? Because we're hearing about this all the time.
1: Right? Right. And yeah, that what primed me to do this chapter was when a friend Wrote to me in in an email and said, "Hey, you know, our company just put out a list of essential workers." He's a he's a analyst, uh, mm-hmm. investment bank. They put out an essential worker list, basically saying these are the people who can come into the office. And his name wasn't on it. And he's like, "Okay, I get it. I'm not a trader. I'm not on the floor." But still, he said it was a like a punch in the gut. You're not essential,
0: and that's that's a big problem these days. Obviously, we have to pay. I mean, I think we we owe a debt of thanks and debt of gratitude to those people who actually have been critical players to get us through the last ten months or eight months. You know, like you know, you're of course your healthcare employees and and um, anybody who's going the extra mile to put themselves in what might be danger. I mean, to kind of help us to help life go on.
1: Yeah, the grocery store workers, the delivery people. But but when you're put into a category, yeah. Well, Dan, your work is not essential anymore.
0: Exactly. And this is this is the key of it all. Like what we said from the from the get-go and this on the remote work companion is people are feeling alone and that they don't belong. And when you're told that you're not essential, you know, it could have that gut punch feeling, like like your friend, even even though he's clearly got a great job. And, you know, if you're an analyst at an investment bank, you're not one of these people who's a small business owner who's getting shut out right now. But you certainly don't feel any less, I guess, psychologically constrained or, or hurt by this whole experience. So, I mean, I don't want to compare apples to oranges there, but the point is that our approach here and, and in your book, Andrew, is we're all essential. And yes, there's a, a need to acknowledge and to listen to everybody uh, in, in a different way, maybe, or even in a more kind of mindful way than we would have before all of this happened. And that is one of the important parts of having a very rewarding remote work experience. Exactly,
1: and I, I think you put your finger on it perfectly when you said, this is the time for us to be able to help other people feel more essential on a call or in a meeting, wh- whatever it is for their mm-hmm. work. Instead of, instead of putting our own agendas front and center all the time, it's more, yeah. okay, how, how are we checking in with the people that are on the call so they do feel They're an essential part of our team.
0: Especially if you're in a position of either of power, like you're in a managerial role or, you know, you have a team that you're running or you're in a position where you have to facilitate and put some, get some momentum or get results out of a meeting. Uh, You're the meeting organizer. Maybe you're a project manager. Whatever you're doing, it's really important to make everybody understand. Not not to make, I don't like it when people say, by the way, that you need to make people feel essential. It's like, Mm. it almost sounds fake.
1: Okay, yeah, you need to recognize that they are essential. That's exactly, I think that's exactly
0: right. <laughs> yeah, you know, who's a non essential human? That's a right. terrible way to think of things, and that's the way when you're alone, you know, when you've got all the stress going back to our very first episode, you got all the stress going on. The last thing you want to hear is, Oh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> uh, we don't need you, right. or your whole department,
1: <laughs> as one of the other people chimed in, a friend of mine, former staff actually. You might remember her, but she now works at Apple Computer, not, not, to, mm-hmm. not to disparage a, a, a name brand here, but, but she got a list that came to her and it said, okay, of the following you know, the following functions will, will not be uh, required for any kind of travel, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and the top of the list was training. And she's <laughs> one of the lead sales trainers. She's like, okay, I get it. I can, do, I can do the work. And actually, I'm doing most of the work online anyway. So they are still being trained. But still, again, it's it's the perception and it's the presentation of the information coming from on high. Oh, your entire area is
0: <laughs> well, exactly. And this is this is one of those instances going far beyond the scope of your book here, Andrew. But mm-hmm. I think this is one of the instances where the public speak, the news speak, so to speak, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of that's what's come down from you know governments and bureaucracies is again a language that is very disconnected from humans mm-hmm. and. We have to really pay attention to language here. It goes back to clarify, right? Be clear with your intention. And when you're talking to a human, you don't say that, oh, you're essential or not. You're not a robot. You're not a, you know, you're not a tool. You're not a, a wrench. Right. <laughs> I mean, sometimes a wrench is not essential. I give I, that is absolutely true. But, right.
1: but sometimes when is it human? will be.
0: <laughs> That's right. But I think we're always essential. And yeah. I love your chapter in the book here because you point out that, you know. There's this There's this forgotten skill of listening, mm. right? And as we were talking just before we turned the mic on here today, it, that listening part of it could be, if not the key, at least one of the keys yeah. to recognizing humans as humans and dismissing this whole idea of essential versus non-essential. Yes,
1: yes, I, I agree. And I would, yeah, that's a perfect segue into this concept of listening as a forgotten skill because... The thing is, it's harder to do than we recognize. Listening is a challenging skill, and it is a skill. It's not something we're born with the ability. We're born with the ability to hear, but we're not born with an ability to listen. And in these trying times, right, the the stress meter is up. That's naturally going to make it more difficult for listening. And then Mm -hmm. you got this whole technical
0: thing. It's terrible.
1: And we've experienced ourselves... And and it starts, I believe, with a mindset that says, okay, first of all, yes, it's harder to listen. It means people are going to have a harder time listening to me. It means I need to be prepared to work a little harder for listening to you, right? And that's just two of us. (laughs) But then there's the the, the whole idea of sound issues. Like the very first thing is, well, it's pretty hard to listen if I can't hear you because the technology – or just a mistake a mute hit yeah. uh, a misplaced mute <laughs> or whatever whatever we had the, the not using of the headphones because
0: it's exactly. just harder
1: to hear right
0: well think about how stressful that is and you know many of you out there probably experience this on a daily basis when look you have enough stress trying to stay in touch with everybody and keep on top of things then you're in a meeting where you have to listen to what's going on and keep track of stuff mm. right and you know you have we talked about distractions before if you've gone through that and you know how to manage your distractions, hey, good for you. But the fact is that you, there's probably tons of distractions keeping you from really focusing. But, so you, but you know for work you have to focus. Yep. So staying focused with all this stuff going on and then dealing with technical issues, yep. right? And trying to hone in and focus and listen to what somebody is saying yep. is a lot different than when you're in person. So the stress just—I could yes, like—I yes. would love to be—I'd love to have like a cortisol meter on a <laughs> exactly. on, on Zoom That'd so you can see like boop, 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 like when somebody's off the chart. Uh, yeah,
1: of your own, you have a dashboard. You'd see the different people's stress. Although I know super, certain nefarious people might take advantage of that. and Go, let me see if I can push Dan's up a little bit higher. Oh God!
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like some like a meter that says, "Okay, the stress is rising." Hey, look, and exactly. and I guarantee you that meter that stress rising is. We'll just redline you when you have audio issues. And when you, yep. like at the very basic, at the very basic most, like I guess the most basic part of our interaction with one another is the ability to hear each other. Mm. I mean, you close your eyes, you can communicate perfectly well with somebody, right? If assuming that you can hear them, right? <laughs> exactly. Assuming that the, yeah. so, what, so it's it's one of the things we're expecting of our technology when the technology doesn't deliver Or when we are not doing the things that we should be doing to enable that technology to deliver, we're really harming the ability of everybody to listen and to hear what you're saying.
1: Yes, absolutely. So a couple of tips. I think we wanted to provide people, right? So the first thing is to just recognize that that sound issues will crop up. I mean, they're going to happen. So be ready for them. Don't be frustrated. Don't share the frustration. Don't, you know, they can hear it in your voice when you say, hey, come on. Yeah, you get the damn tamp- – haven't you figured out the damn mute button yet?
0: <laughs> you know? Well, exactly. And, and, and by the way – Or mute,
1: I should say. The mute is not moot.
0: <laughs> the mute is not moot. And, and by the way, how could anybody now, after almost a year, even think that every call is going to go without a glitch? <laughs> right. Like even before all this was happening, I've never been – almost never been on a teleconference or a video conference where it went smoothly. Mm. Right? Somebody's always dialing wrong. Somebody's yeah. always got a mic problem, you know. Yep. You getting frustrated at this is, is really just harming your own yeah. experience.
1: We could share maybe in the show notes there's a link to this was a while back but I don't know if everybody has seen it where they made a video of if if teleconferences took place in real life. Do you remember video that? Real, they, yeah. They showed the guys. It's I like love that. People dropping in and out, people packing up to leave and all that stuff. But another and another tip so number two that I put in the book was using the chat function or polling function. Mm-hmm. I've noticed in this new world, it depends on the atmosphere that you've created right, for your team meetings. But I've noticed a couple of organizations that do this really well, where they actually encourage people to chat even more because you're engaging your brain on the subject anyway. But Things like if you have 15 people on a call, instead of taking the 20, 30 seconds per person to do a quick check-in, you can say, hey, type in an adjective. How do you feel right now? How's the how's the day looking for you? Or what's, you know, what did you think about that last point from, you know, Mary, whatever? Get 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 it into the chat because then people can quickly read it. They can quickly go on to the next thing. And it's not bogging mm-hmm. you down and you're not. It's Entirely focused on this thing called, you know, the Hollywood Square Syndrome that we've
0: been talking about. I love that. I, I, I love that. I love the whole idea of the chat, by the way, because it, it, def, it it's one of these ways that we merge this video technology with the texting habits that we've all developed over the last several years since the advent of of smartphones, really. Yeah. And people, a lot of people are just more comfortable texting than they are. Speaking, and you'll see this a lot in, in uh, with, when chat when the chat is used appropriately. Yeah, you'll get questions and you'll get input from people who wouldn't normally necessarily do that. And that, by the way, is a great way to allow people to shine and to um, to show how they are essential. Yeah. And one thing I would add to that, Andrew, about the chat is just to ensure that after the call and the meeting is over, that you keep a record of the chat wow. so that you can indeed answer the questions that came up. To make, because sure. if we're talking about making people feel essential and listened to, yeah. or you know, that then their questions can't be gone into the ether after.
1: Absolutely, and I so part of what we're suggesting is good facilitation skills. So if you're not familiar with doing, uh, leading a meeting, then it's going to be a little bit harder for you. But simple things like okay, we have we do want to hear from everyone or give everyone an opportunity to be heard. Right, not everybody mm-hmm. wants to speak up, but maybe they do want to write something or maybe they. Yeah they at least want to be asked,
0: right? Yeah. And then your next, your next point in this whole thing, like, you know, again, these are tactical things that you can do on meetings and in video calls that will help this whole, uh, help people to be, to belong and to, to feel acknowledged and to feel an important part of things is making sure that there's a note taker, right? Making sure that somebody's there to Take notes, you know, so that that stress is gone. You don't have the responsibility or whoever has the note-taking responsibility clearly yeah. has that stress, but yeah, yeah exactly. but everybody else. They have that stress, but
1: they probably only have that stress. That's the great yeah. thing about it. It's like, okay, your role, you know, you're- Just listen and take listen, notes. Take, listen and take notes today. Maybe not every time, right? Yeah. But it'll be your yeah. role. Yeah. Which is, and and it really does take stress off others, especially off you, you're the facilitator. You're also the note taker. You're also the summarizer. You're also the tech man. I mean, it's too much. When
0: you I mean, ahead. how many times have you bitten off all of those, you know, what do you call it? Rolls. I don't know what metaphor I'm going for. Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> bitten off all those all rolls the, or roll. bitten off all those plates. I we don't, don't know. use
1: hats anymore, but that, that was what they used to use, right? I'm, I'm
0: wearing so many different hats. <laughs> yeah, wearing so many hats, juggling so many plates.
1: Yeah, and, there we go. <laughs> Try juggling plates sometimes and see how long they last. I mean, oh, even if you know how to juggle, you can't juggle plates <laughs> unless you're a pro.
0: <laughs> Which is exactly, I think, should be taken to heart for the dynamics of, the, of video meetings and, yeah. you know, the Zoom world we live in. The next thing you say about assigning somebody to play the role of summarizer, mm. I mean, we try to do that on yep. all of our episodes. Yes. And it's easy when you have two people, but when you have a meeting, definitely somebody to, to wrap it up at the end think is a is a good way to it's also a good way to to pay homage to people who have said things in the meeting you know i mean and and, and um, and this is mostly
1: focused yes and we are focused on remote work right so this is what people are doing professionally and work does require action right that's the main thing takeaway so meetings i remember The first time that I was in a a business school class, one of the first classes they take, they they define a business as a going concern. I thought, what do they mean by that? Well, after running a business for just a little while, you realize, yeah, there are a lot of concerns going on (laughs) in this going concern. But the main going concern is, okay, we've had this meeting. What do we do next? And a lot of meetings in the real world, you know, they take place with people just, oh, well, we've run out of time. Somebody else has the meeting room. Of course. And here what people are doing is just stacking up meetings back to back because there is nowhere to go. So that means I can just finish at 10 and be on the next one at 10.01. And it's like, okay, but well, wait a minute. <laughs> what, what, what am I really supposed to do? Who's responsible for it? So those simple little action item agendas that, yep. you know, the, the summary of a meeting. And by the way, one summary that I recommend or evaluation, I, we don't do it as much on these Zoom calls as I, I think we should. We used to do them always in place. It so it's just a simple evaluation of your team's meetings where it's just, you know, what went well in this meeting and what can we do to improve it next time? Just a simple thing like that is going to yeah. really raise the raise the bar. It's going to make it a lot better in your future.
0: Bake it into the agenda, right? I mean, your agenda Sport. should not leave any, like if you have, it's not that, it's, it shouldn't be, oh, we have five minutes left. Rather than give you time back, um, let's now evaluate. It should be, now there's the evaluation session, and yeah. we're gonna, you know, this is everybody should expect it. And sure. type We and should do put, it when we have the chance. Maybe just
1: put it in the chat. What's or a poll? Do no. the poll. What's what? How would you score this meeting? Scale of one to ten. Why? What would make polls it better? are great. Yeah, I think I love they're
0: it. so great. They're they're that instant kind of payoff of yeah. of data in some yeah. ways. Yes, uh, and even when you game have
1: game it only game. a little bit, it does feel a little bit like a game. At least you're allowed to participate.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should just make one quick note, and this is okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not pulling this out of thin air. This is actually in the book too. We're talking about these tips that you, that you can do to, to kind of make the meeting go better. But what happens when you run into the technical problem and you can't do those things? Maybe you can't, you can't take the notes, you can't listen, you can't hear, you know, as a leader or even as, as a, somebody who's running the meeting, you'll run into technical difficulties too. And I like what you said here, Andrew, about modeling that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we've got to do that. as the lead. That's leadership, right? And that means it's something you can do no matter where you are in the organization or where you are in the hierarchy of the call. I, I had an experience where a professor had sent out directions on what you're supposed to do in order to, for all the other professors to be ready for a graduation ceremony. And everybody logs in, turns in, it turns out like four or five of the professors hadn't done any of the things they were supposed to do. And you could easily have turned that into a negative, right? He, the, the yeah. leader, Look, how come you guys didn't read? Go check it. Let's, okay, let's reschedule. Let's do this. No, you said, okay, here's how you do it. Boom, boom, boom. Went through yeah. quickly, helped people. And it just made it for a much better, better experience for everyone. So yeah, modeling the way. You've heard yeah. it, it's cliche, but how well do we actually do it? when you're in the thick of it, when something happens that frustrates you, you
0: know,
1: when you get a and It's a, it's a, it's a mindfulness
0: thing too. Yeah. So anyway, I think, I think we've talked a lot about, about the issues here. Um, just to wrap it up a little bit, you know, we did say, just to bring it back, we talked about how if you want to really make your meetings effective, everybody needs to belong. Everybody should feel like they're a part of it. There's no such thing as somebody who's not essential, really. Um, no matter what some classification of your role is, for whatever purposes, everybody is an essential person. And helping people to feel that and helping people to understand that that's how they are requires listening on the part of everybody involved. Certainly on, on the part of the facilitator or the leader or the manager, and you can model that behavior and make sure that people get that. There's so much out there about how to be a better listener. We're not going to give that to you right now. Right. Tons and tons of tips. In fact, Andrew has written about that many times. Check out his website, get more of that information. But the main thing is. You know, make sure that you listen, you know how to listen and you pay it. Be mindful that you should be listening more and don't let the technology get in the way. So therefore, you know, be ready for those tech issues. Compensate a little bit using polls and using chats to make sure everybody's heard. Assign a note taker to make sure that nothing is lost and that everybody has a chance to be heard again. Have somebody summarize like I'm doing now and, um, you know, model the way when you are not to feel it when, when something goes wrong, you yes. know, model what it's like to deal with that stress. Yes. So that people know that they have permission to, to be, you know, to, to try to fix things on the fly and get stressed out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Dan. Cool. Awesome. You're essential. All right.
0: well, thank you. And you so are
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and on the next episode, we'll be talking about, was that Andrew? It's screened out.
1: Yeah. Screened Being out. Screened so out. That's heading right back into that stress issue a little bit, but it's, what do we do when, when you've got seven hours worth of Zoom meetings or, or even just a three-hour? I've been facilitating full-day workshops sometimes, seminars. What do you do to, to avoid this, this feeling of just, hang on a second. In the past, you would maybe take a break from work and jump into a, something else than, that's not work, but now everything is on your screen. So what do we do about being screened out?
0: Well, we'll find out next time. So until then... See you later.
1: another Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Remote Warp Companion with your Remote Work Companions, Dan Nessel and me, Andrew Silberman. We hope you enjoyed our tips, tricks, and attitude shifts to make remote work work better for you.
0: Any ideas for future episodes or tips and tricks you'd like to share? Contact us at podcast at remoteworkcompanion.com. That's podcast at remoteworkcompanion.com. And make sure you never miss an episode. Subscribe today on Apple, Spotify, Google, or the podcast player of your choice. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. Thanks again for listening.